Piper Kevin in person. It's the two of us together. I'm in Louisville. We're on the same couch. We're on the same couch this with the same porch, porch cat. cat. can get on both of our laps during recording. <laughs> and if for some reason this is your first episode, I am Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I am Emily from Pity with the Cupcake. And we talk about yarny stuff and witchy stuff jump right into our yarny content i have some finished objects it's just kind of an acquisition too so since i've talked to everyone last i picked up the pride yarn at joann's and i decided that i'm going to crochet hats for giving away and for fundraisers for queer organizations my local one does community college scholarships uh, for a local community college and i've been crocheting hats i finished two already i have one in this sweet ace color and I have the pan color as well. I got all of them except the traditional rainbow. And I got multiples. It was 10 skeins total. And was, I love that they're affordable and acrylic. It feels really soft. I like working with it. Um, I really like how the color patterning works in the vertical. Mm -hmm. They are self-striping adjacent, but they're not evenly distributed stripes. There's a little variation. It's a lot of fun. Um, they're kind of uh, like pop art looking to me because mm -hmm. of how the stripes are working out. I think they're really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm jazzed on this. I thought brought five skates. <laughs> You've already made two hats. But I've already made two hats <laughs> and I'm on to my third. Um, and I you're not I even halfway through your trip. So yeah. like you're going to run out of skates. <laughs> no, I brought plenty of yarn and it's great because I'm hoping to offload some of these here so I don't have to bring them back to California. Mm -hmm. And then I started a buy hat and the start of my whips, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a buy pride. They're not called the name of the pride. They're like kind of flying under the radar for people who aren't in the know, which apparently includes my family who thought that the rainbow pride flag was the only pride flag there was. My family came with me to Joanne's. They haven't they looked were, at the Kickstarter. They haven't looked at the <laughs> Kickstarter. I know. And they're like, how is that pride yarn? And I was like, getting to explain to them that they're all, this, this one cracked me up. I made an Instagram post about it. The bi one is called Serenity and I have yet to meet a bisexual a person who identifies as bisexual that also feels serene. It should be chaos. Yeah. Confusion. <laughs> <laughs> that would play into negative. Panic. Yeah. Panic. Yes. It should be called panic. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've been having a great time with that. I guess my other whips, I think the only ones I brought to show where I started a second jeweled facets. I really like this project. By Not Bad Brit in my serendipitous wool minis that I talked about last episode. It's gotten three out of 12 colors done so far. I really like it. Um, and that's yeah. And then I brought my vanilla hat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um to work on at live performances <laughs> tune into our office hours content on our Perks. patreon if you want to hear about how we get got kicked out of place for bringing midi <laughs> so and i just have a standard vanilla hat in some mystery deep stash um it has a little box stop top and i'm just knitting away on this it's pretty that's all it is. What are you working on, my friend? Um, I am working on stuff. I have been working on my vanilla socks a little yes. bit. Um, I also they came to the thing that we didn't actually attend, but then I worked on them later in the night. Uh, I will probably finish these during our various Friendsgiving festivities. These are my Steven Universe socks in this wonderful lady's colorway uh and i am doing uh my witches uh brew sock pattern 
uh, with these. And that is a toe up sock pattern. Uh, that is my like personal sock recipe for socks that I really like. And that one's free to uh, Fiber Coven members. It is free to Fiber Coven members. And it's like $2 or something if you're not a member. So it's a very affordable pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has my calf increases that I do because I am making these as like, they don't, they're like, I call them knee socks, but they don't go past my knee because um, I'm only using one ball of yarn. Uh, but they go just under my knee and that's a great, they're like calf socks. It's a great spot for me and it's extra warm legs really customizable too um depending on your leg size too because i've made these and i really like the calf increases and i am a very small person but i guess i have meaty runners calves and i just scaled up all the way to the large stitch count on the calves and it fits me perfectly yeah and i've i this is my weird my pointy feet toe but i have a regular round toe in there too so you can do a lot of different stuff with them Mm -hmm. because i'm like one stripe repeat away from the calf increases so yeah super close in the sock i am doing an afterthought heel so i will have to cut into them to put the heels in but that is real easy so i'm excited and i'm hoping and i think now that i look at my yarn ball that i will have enough yarn to do the heel in this yarn too mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. exciting to me because they're gonna be fully striped out and that's fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm shove shove this get back in there uh, and then I have been working on my Stephen West Geo Gradient MCAL quite it a looks bit. So good. I really like it. I finished half of uh, Clue 3, which mm-hmm. is this situation here. Look at all those ends. So many ends. I'm. I'm like weaving them in into batches, but mm-hmm. I really like this slip stitch, uh, like zigzag pattern. It's cool. Uh, and I am doing the exact same thing on the other side currently, but yeah, you can kind of see that it's a triangle shawl now. Um, and I'm really, a, a lot of people have said that they really like the, the stitch texture for clue four, that it's really fun to knit. So I am excited to get into that because I think it's like a stitch pattern that Stephen West invented too. Um, so it'll be neat to do that part. Uh, this is kind of my, you know, thinking, thinking fun knitting project mm-hmm. right now. You worked on it while we got beers at Great Blood yesterday. I did. Cause yeah, it's chill enough for getting beers, but not like for talking with large groups of people. Cause I'm doing that slip stitch pattern. So I mm-hmm. do need to not fuck that up. And then I have my epic this is my lord of the rings blanket and i just got actually i forgot i have an acquisition of my advent Mm -hmm. calendar um from lantern light yarns for the two towers because if you have listened to the show before you probably know that i am making an epic blanket uh with all of the minis from lantern light yarns lord of the rings advents thank you I got your balls. My bells. Um, And they are a month-long advent, so there are 31 um, mm-hmm. minis, and it's in order of the films. Yeah. So at Emily's end, that's the start. It gets all shirey. Mm-hmm. And see, look how happy and shirey. And then it gets dark when we're at Amunsul. Mm-hmm. And this is like Rivendelli. Look at how Rivendelli this is. And now we're adventuring. And now we're finally into Kazaloom. Yes, this is... Uh, the like Moria color basically that I'm starting on. I it's just a cool brown or a warm gray. Yeah, nice. I just finished the um Watcher 
color, which was a fun, like, deep kind of teal situation. Mm-hmm. So nice. Um, so yeah, and we're doing a Lord of the Rings watch while we're hanging out. So it's very cozy to wear mm-hmm. a little Lord of the Rings blanket while we do a Lord of the Rings rewatch. Um, so that is super nice. And I, you will hear about the minis uh for this year for two towers as I open them. Uh, but yes, I'm doing this for three years. Uh, all of the fellowship is in this stripe. All of the two towers will be in the next stripe. All mm-hmm. of the Return of the King will be in the final stripe, and it will be a big giant blanket. It'll, I think, it'll be a really good like couch size blanket for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, like not quite big enough to cover uh, a bed, but like really good for couching for sure. Yes, like it'll over be nice. two people on a couch, I'd say. Yeah, it's go- it's going to be a. Uh, non-standard blanket proportions because it was important to me that they were all grouped together by story like that i think that's so cool it's um so it's gonna be like longer and less wide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's gonna look so good over the back of your couch again yeah. even it's gonna be nice mm-hmm. oh my gosh am i gonna go into acquisition zone i think so i think that's all i've worked on that is all you've worked on um so we have a ton of acquisitions uh, for many reasons because we both had things for each other mm-hmm. you want to do the things we've saved up for each other and then I'll show off my kickstarter loop yeah I didn't bring you too much because I was traveling but Emily had a ton of things for me from sacred sheep well I have like these are like from the past like nine months or something right. I have I've owed you a package for a hot minute <laughs> well from sacred sheep you got me this um old mill color uh micron cashmere blend from tumalo fibers it's very uh coffee warm brown autumnal looking it's really nice i'm excited to work that up some spinning fiber it it looked like a very lauren color to me at the trunk shows like i feel like a lauren would like this a lot i love it you are right and then you gave me various stickers that are very cute i've got spooky kitties with moon phases that's from salem cute cute gg kitties which is from my friend glitch bat mm-hmm. summer pumpkin also from glitch bat actually mm-hmm. from their kickstarter and then that's the bookstore in salem with good, good books. books fantastic but you got me a little useful things you got me a teeny little hummingbird needle threader and the tiniest mechanical pencil that I've ever seen in my life. It's so small. I found it at Ablation Papers in Portland, Oregon. And I was really excited about how tiny it was. I got one of these for me too. Yeah, this would be in a previous episode show notes if you wanted to look that up. Mm-hmm. I got a chopper pin. From... Which would also be in a previous episode show notes because I got me one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's got um... a bonus cup hair on it, I see. Oh, yeah. Everything has bonus cup hair on it right now. And then you got me a really neat um, rock. And this looks like an obsidian, but it's a black stone carved uh, crow head from Crystallized Creations. It's going to be a really nice fiddle rock mm-hmm. or even like a self-defense rock. Yep. Yeah, step, 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 step. Um, do you want me to talk about my Kickstarter loot now? No, no. Cool. So the whole reason I'm here is to help Emily fulfill the Kickstarter, um, which you can totally pre-order. Mm-hmm. Will they be able to pre-order when this goes out? Probably not. The pre-order will probably be closed by the time this goes out, but mm-hmm. it will be impending uh, on my website very soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got so much I good stuff. I might leave the pre-order up because why not until it's done? But Until we're all done with the packaging? Well, until I have it up on the website, because I mean, I could ship individual orders from the pre-order, I guess. 
us. Cool. So my pins that I ordered for me are already on my possum dress, but um, I got a couple for friends so you can get the idea of how these work. You get a little pal and there's a little head and a butt and you could put your personality plaques in between. This is for my friend. He wanted a little Mothman and the inclusive pride, the he, him pronouns. And this one is for my sister-in-law who's a trash gremlin gremlin like me. And so I got the NeuroSpicy and the Possum for my sister-in-law, but you can get your own things. There's things, there's um, most, most of the common pride flags are available as well as things related. There's a disability pride as well, which is not related to gender or who you love. And there's like NeuroSpicy and cozy gaming ones and crafting and dice. So very cool options there. I also got the Progress Pride flag stud earrings. Very awesome. And then everything that is in the Pronoun Pal stuff also comes with stickers. It comes in sticker version. So I got some stickers for me and a little Baphomet. He has a butt, but it's just kind of in my pile of things. Mm -hmm. His butt's small. His butt's pretty small. Washi tapes. There's two new washi tapes for this Kickstarter. There is the rainbow dice and the plants. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And the thing that honestly I was most excited about mm -hmm. was the hair clips. I'm wearing the big one in my hair right now. There's little clippity clips. I was pretty excited about them too, just because I am always in need of a good hair clip and I really like how mm -hmm. these turned out. And these are acetate, mm -hmm. um, fused acetate hair clips. And they look really nice and like spiffy. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And I have them in a few pride flags, pronoun versions. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. This is new. It's a little rainbow kitty clip. Or I mean, not rainbow kitty, ghost kitty. Ghost kitty as a clip. And then I, I, I also got some of the new, the new stuff that's not available yet. Like this sweet little pent cute pentacle mirror. Ooh, compact mirror that's also acetate. Um, the Pensacle Mirror and the Ghost Kitty are actually going to be available sooner than the Pride Flag stuff because I am going to do a little shop update with those and the post-it notes that mm -hmm. I recently got uh, probably in the next few days, question mark, couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. And so all of the little pronoun pal options are going to be on sticky notes and they're holding up a space that you can write in, which is very cute. It is very cute. Yeah. And acetate, you said, comes from plant stuff. Yeah, it comes from plant stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a plastic. It's like if you if you wear glasses, it's what your glasses frames are probably made of. Like if they're the tortoiseshell kind, mm -hmm. uh, that like tortoiseshell like comb and glasses material is acetate generally. Nice. Mm -hmm. So it's it feels and is light like plastic, but isn't going to end up inside of your body. Yay. Well, Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. If it is, it's not plastic that's yeah. going to be inside of your body forever with <laughs> evil chemicals in it. It's plate of plants. Yeah. And it doesn't come from, you know, like petroleum. So Right. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, did you have a couple acquisitions? I have a lovely candle that I put in my lap and then the porch <laughs> cat got on top of me uh, <laughs> that you brought me. Uh, this is from Coven, or no, it's from the Sierra Soapbox Canopo and the Sentence Coven Club. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's hand poured where Lauren lives in mm -hmm. Tahoe, and it smells delightful. Mm -hmm. uh, it says Moonlit Mountain Rituals, Palo Santo, and Vanilla Smoke. It is a very nice, like, kind of woodsy vanilla light scent that won't bother my my scent sensitivities. So mm -hmm. I love that for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You can pick that up at Guyalicious if you're ever in South Lake Tahoe. Yeah, candle. I think that one might be an exclusive um, like fall holiday one, but they have lots of other really good scents that I like. Nice. Makes sense. And then my advent calendar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Oh my gosh. Is it a cult corner time already? I think so. So when we had our last podcast, I was telling you about the Blackburn cult or the cult of the great arm or cult of the Royal arms of the great 11 led by May Otis Blackburn. Um, and now I'm going to conclude the story of May Otis Blackburn's crimes. Um, so where we left off this story, May and her daughter Ruth had made their way um, down to Southern California and were pretty regular con of just finding gullible gullible men who are willing to part with their money for a variety of reasons um they had just stolen enough money from a poor guy that he had he lost his job and had to go join the army and had pieced out of town to avoid that situation mm-hmm. um and had headed back up to portland which is where they were living before um before la and so this is 1925. They are in Portland. Uh, they connect with a lot of people in the Christian science community, which is where they had connections. This is fine. Portugal can be in my lap. I don't know. I need to just, just <laughs> notes. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot of connections in the Christian science community. And as they were already interested in fringe beliefs, um, it was not hard to sell them on May Otis Blackburn's particular brand of fringe reliefs. They got the Rhodes family in on it, and they were had money from Pacific Northwest lumber interests, and they had a 14-year-old adopted daughter named Willa, who was apparently a very lovely and attractive child that May took special interest in. Um, yeah, that is as problematic as I wanted it to sound. Okay. It was, it's it's definitely there's no conclusive evidence, but lots of allegations of of everything you could be thinking when I say that. Okay. Um and Willa was such, uh, had attracted May's attention so much that she was one of the 11 queens and also like given the name Tree of Life, which was like the whole central thing to May's theology that she totally made up. So this was her like really special little, neat little uh, preteen mm-hmm. person. Miss regular teenager there, 14. Um, at this point, May starts giving people these really awful long names that are ultra pretentious, like the four whirlwinds of living God. And like they were just extremely pedantic or they were puns on people's names. It was May was really big on nominative determinism, like super big on that um, parallels and word magic and such. Um, I wrote here, word salad was very much a word salad. She was very big on linguistic similarities and sympathetic magic. Um, and definitely blending up vocabulary from um, mysticism, from science, and from Christianity. This was the 20s. You had to at least pretend that you were a part of Christianity so you didn't get stoned to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, May starts calling herself the heel of God which is a little, you know, whenever you have any religion and you have... Like she's going to stomp on people? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, like heel of the foot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, whenever anybody's claiming that they are channeling things or are a prophet of some sort, that is a watch out situation. 
and uh, matriarch of this of this cult May is absolutely doing this. She also referred to her heavenly highness, Queen May, the North Star, and her daughter Ruth was grand royal of the water of the father's blood. Wordy. Wordy. May starts uh, doing dietary restrictions, which is another high demand group classic. Um, There are no apples because that was what caused the fall from the Garden of Eden. There's no T-bone steak because the T-bone looked too cross-like. Wait, if the T-bone looks too cross-like, can we use the letter T or no? I don't know. I'm sure... I'm sure May had rules about that and either liked and disliked a lot of it. That's fascinating. It come, I think it came, something like that came up in her trial. Mm-hmm. She called something a double cross and it was a big double entendre, like cross like Jesus and cross double cross like she was lying about things, but she was. Wow. It's a big deal. And they also start sacrificing animals and I know, Covering poor, poor cat, but... <laughs> This was all vaguely Hecate based, so it was mainly dogs and also horse and horse adjacent animals. So were they buying the horses to sacrifice them or were they like sneaking onto ranches and no. killing people's horses? No, they were they were acquiring animals and killing them themselves. They were not sneaking around and killing other people's animals. Cool. Um like I can t- totally see in like ancient practices where you do that humanely. Like where you you butcher, you would kill an animal the way you would for me in in a humane way. But I don't think that's what, um, it's not what these people are doing. This is not a quick and as gentle as possible um, manual way for people to to butcher an animal. There was talk of some ritual that involved lifting a horse upside down. And horses are very delicate creatures. And this horse did not survive being hoisted by the back end yeah um so yeah lots of uh dead animals um may gets her stepfather to open a publishing company and publish her books which at this point are more like pamphlets not her great magic book that's supposed to start the apocalypse and tell where all the riches buried beneath the earth are Mm. um and then we get to ward blackburn Ward Blackburn is roughly the same age as May's daughter, Ruth, maybe even a little younger, and is the child of May's stepfather, the person whose Blackburn name came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And May marries her stepbrother, who is younger than her daughter. No. And what if I told you, they're not blood related. What if I told you that was the least problematic thing about Ward Blackburn? Oh, no. (laughs) Ward Blackburn apparently uh, really wanted to embody uh, Oriental mystic, is how they phrase it. And so he apparently had a greasy Fu Manchu. Oh, no. (laughs) And liked to dress in Chinese-style clothing. And apparently um, the one part of Asian culture he was not down with was bathing and cleanliness. Mm. He was also allegedly a child molester. Great. Um, So it really seems like a marriage of convenience that was a cover for both of these people because May Blackburn did not, it, it sounds like, 
Warren Blackburn was not interested in adult women and May Blackburn was not interested in being touched by anybody ever. Okay. Um, but Ward Blackburn and things I've heard about him, he could also be severely mentally disabled. Mm. Um, so, and I, so I'll just leave it at that and I'll try not to, uh, yeah, I mean, trash him too hard. Sometimes culty people in the 20s, things weren't reported that great about them. So there's right. different theories in, on what's happening. So my whole book report, this will be in the show notes, was based off of Sam Samuel Fort's book about called The Cult of the Great Eleven. And there's some quotes from Ward Blackburn in this. And there's definitely a possibility that he was severely mentally disabled. And the reason he was accused of being a child molester is perhaps like he had the mentality of of someone in the like middle schooly uh age range and he just did not comprehend that he had the body of an adult man um or he was a monster we don't know uh there is that also May Blackburn's sexuality is very confusing. She uh, very much did not like to be touched. Even when people were giving her money for the cult, like she had them lay it on the ground and then she would pick it up. Like she did not even like to be handed things. But she also tried to abduct multiple, mostly female children. But we're talking like like preteen, not babies like like middle school age children there are multiple allegations and then her special fascination with willow Rhodes. Hmm. ruth at this point is in her mid-20s she marries a 17 year old named samuel rizzio he's an italian-american immigrant i uh, mean this is all problematic obviously but, but like, i get the, it women do the thing that the men cults do <laughs> i mean 17 like we don't it could have been that was he, basically an adult then it was it was close enough and she's in her mid-20s so like i've heard worse things mm-hmm. um and so samuel rizzio is from a traditional italian immigrant family that possibly had ties to the black hand and organized crime at this point may is absolutely using stage magic and consulting with other con people and she's using threats of violence, her charisma, and uh, the sunk cost fallacy to keep people in her orbit. And at this point, she's got enough money to buy a compound in Simi Valley, which is now a suburb city of, of Los Angeles. But it, at the time, it was just open ranch land. And so they buy a big, con- a big chunk of land that is totally undeveloped no water that's where you can do some crimes that's where you can do some cold (laughs) crimes and boy howdy emily can see on my list i have crimes and there's there's just a a list list. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this is all around the time like as they're trying to buy the simi valley compound and like they're they're in southern california so young 17-year-old Sammy Rizzio, he apparently has a real hot and cold relationship with Ruth. He is a 1920s Italian immigrant. Uh, he, I'm sure, assumed that he was going to be the man of the household and have a traditional relationship with Ruth. But Ruth was an empowered woman and, like, um, you know, she did various sorts of dancing for money and was used to men in her life following her around. And she's also a queen of the cult of the Great Eleven, the Great Eleven being 11 queens. 
And everybody in this cult is listening to Ruth. Nobody cares about Samuel, Samuel, because Sammy, because he's a dude and 17. And so it was a very contentious relationship. There's an allegation that he like slapped Ruth once and that was a big deal. And I mean, it is, but like in the context of the twenties, that's like, it shows how in charge the women were. That shows that was how a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after this, he disappears. Oh, how mysterious. There was <laughs> talk. Um, there is somebody when the cult kind of falls apart, this came out. One of the people, the women in the cult was a pharmacist. And she tells that that May approached her asking for a poison that they needed for a ritual involving Samuel Rizzio. Mm -hmm. Um, They were apparently only going to like put the poison on the ground and he was going to say some ritual things and purge the Catholicism from him. That's what they're trying to do. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) They're so funny. (laughs) Um, But this pharmacist actually did not do. I mean, this person is also saying this to like the court. So we don't know. Uh, how true it is but they said they didn't give the poison they said they just gave some colored water and explicitly told me it was colored water and then and then may said that's fine we can use it as symbolic poison it's symbolism it's a ritual Mm -hmm. um but apparently that ritual happened and nobody ever saw or heard from samuel rizzio ever again yeah cool Uh uh-huh but this was also back in the day before italians were white Right. And his family was uh, very hesitant to talk to the police due to um, due to their connections to organized crime. But his family very much did uh, love him and want him to be found. They did some of their his one of his younger brothers actually ends up infiltrating the cult to try and find him. Mm. It's pretty interesting. But we don't have time for that. Um, May had her mother, Grandma Jenny, who is a very old woman, chained to her bed. For over two months, two and a half months. Why? Uh, I guess she had committed some sort of of grave error. And it wasn't like she was like chained to her bed. Like uh, if you were consenting to that, that would be a sexy thing. Um, Not like actually physically to the bed. It was more like if you've seen the movie Black Snake Moan, they were chained to a bed and could walk around the whole house, but not exit the house. Mm -hmm. Um, but in any case, uh, if no one has consented to being chained to anything, that is kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Gotta have a little sip of tea because I am flapping my jaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying my little tea story tea time. time. Mm-hmm. So here is where we enter Clifford Dabney into the story. Clifford Dabney is a wealthy, uh, younger scion of a oil family. And his, why he wants into this is because May is promising when her book is published and essentially her apocalypse rapture happens, her book that she publishes will also contain uh, information on where oil reserves are. So he's into it. He's like, I can make my family proud if I find new oil for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing that got mine was Clifford Dabney's pocketbook. Yeah. And she shakes him down for, I want to say, like, five figures. Ooh. Which was a lot in the That's 20s. <laughs> it starts out small. She's taking, like, smaller loans. Like, I need $1,000. And then she's like, you need to do all these rituals. Of, you need to do 7777, like, angel numbers. Mm-hmm. She's telling him, like, what angel number she needs to, like, he needs to give to other people and to her. Mm-hmm. So this man is just getting just, just milked for that money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then in Christmas of 1924, 14-year-old Willow Rhodes gets a tooth infection. And because they are her of a Christian science sort of a group, they are not so into mainstream medicine, which was honestly a little more reasonable of a position in the 20s when yeah. it was a bunch of dudes being like, these people were experimenting on for gynecological surveys don't need anesthesia that colored. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible story. You can listen to that one on Behind the Bastards. But um, but anyway, 14-year-old Willow Rhodes gets a tooth infection around the holidays in 1924 and uh, is not taken to any doctor, is not given any antibiotics, not taken to a dentist to pull the tooth. And uh, she dies by New Year's. Wow. Uh, so that's a problem. May is incredibly distraught by this and orders that her body be kept on ice because she is going to be resurrected. Oh, no. There's great, there's a great story in the book about the ice delivery guy being like, gee, ma'am, what do you need all this ice for? (laughs) I don't understand why your people need hundreds of pounds of ice every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's because they are keeping Willa's body uh, so that she can be resurrected because she is one of the 11 queens. Um, Her body is kept on ice in the Blackburn home and it is moved around uh, to several different houses and at this point is when they're moving to the Simi Valley compound the Rhodes family will get their own house uh and they have a special uh air and water tight coffin built and um because they realize they can't keep doing the ice thing forever and she is um uh interred underneath the house of the Rhodes family so very concealed body sort of a thing creepy And the worst part is they decided that she needed seven puppies to be buried with. Oh, no. Yeah, she's big on the number seven. That was her favorite angel number or something. Um, And she liked the seven musical tones and they were all named Lasso, Fati, Do and all that good stuff. And all the puppies had to be interred with young Willa Rhodes. It was, they were, they died the same day Willa did. It was uh, pretty upsetting. Um, but they were yeah I mean it was bad it's bad Ruth shot a young man in the cult in the foot they just bring him out one day and and what (laughs) and May is like God said you need to be shot oh it was like a planned shooting in the foot yeah God said you need to be shot but we don't want to kill you so we're just going to shoot you in the foot and then they did consider it not surprisingly enough he's willing to turn on them when the cops start getting involved Mm mm-hmm yeah, but he within the cult he does cover for them. He says there was an accident; it was an accidental shooting and not a deliberate shooting. Fascinating, fascinating. I know. Um, May absolutely takes cash and property as donations, including the pension of a World War II soldier from his grieving mother. Mm. That was something that May was happy to have. Wait. Is, so it's not the 20s. Or World anymore. War One. Okay. World War One. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I misspoke. World War One soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, May was selling this this is actually a great con. She was selling pre-orders of the book she was never intending to publish. The one that was like the bundle of papers with like three sheets with writing on it on either side of them. She's selling pre-orders to her cult members <laughs> uh, of the book that she's never gonna write. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty funny. No, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, now that we've had some funny, we're going to go back to horrible. This is the worst one. So um, honestly, this is kind of a trigger warning for like cult murder, because this is a very upsetting cult murder, like skip ahead 30 seconds. Um, somebody in this, in the cult had a close relative who was disabled and nonverbal. It was a physical disability. They were partially paralyzed, I believe, and May thought the cure involved heat. So they built a brick oven altar and um, there was like a hot brick situation and this disabled person, uh, Francis Turner, did not survive this. Wow. It was it's extremely upsetting. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to read the book, it does not go into anything gruesome. Um and he goes into a little more detail, but there's nothing, there's no like trauma porn mm-hmm. of this situation or of any of it. it, it so there's that. Um, and there's also a young woman named Arlene Sartorius who was involved in the cold, who had a history of poor mental health um, issues and died mysteriously. They didn't go too far into it, um, but multiple different coroners had very contradicting reports on her death. But that one's a pretty mysterious one. Yeah, because that's all it is, is mysterious. So we have Samuel Rizzio's disappearance, Willa Rhodes' tooth infection that led to her death, and the, uh, I could say you could say that was denied, that was very much a mistreatment of a body. Yeah, I mean, at least they should have had the tooth pulled, like, right? Like, that was pretty standard Mm non-wacky medicine. Yeah, and I th- then I think we've known that you should pull the infected tooth for quite a while at this point. <laughs> yeah, and then the most upsetting one being Francis Turner's um, death via healing hot brick ritual and the mysterious death. Towards the late twenties uh, is when May, then uh, when the gig is up. At this point, they're building out the Simi Valley complex. They have this ridiculous throne, a gold-plated throne built and all these, like, these are God's furniture. And everybody on this compound is living in decrepit shacks and or tents with no running water or plumbing, while May and Ruth live in a nice house and have properties around Southern California. I'm sure they have, like, a nice place on the compound, but they also have properties and well-to-do members of the um, cold do have nice places within like all around the LA area. At this point, Clifford Dabney's family has lots of money and they paid him to get out of the cult and sue May. Mm. Uh, but also other people are willing to support Clifford Dabney's um, efforts with this because May was not coming through on her promises. Like the wealthier people were like, I have given a lot of money and seen zero results. And a lot of the poor members of the community were like, um, like the roads were like, you said you could bring people back from the dead and we have seen nobody come back from the dead. All we've done is march around in the desert a lot and kill a lot of dogs and horses. Um, yeah. And then the people who got roped in like Dabney with like, I know where the jewel, like mineral and oil wealth is located. We're like, where is it? Mm-hmm. I've been at this for a couple years now. And the other thing, this is a very female cult. She had one male role, which was the white messiah. And she was basically letting every man believe that he might be the white messiah. Nice. And people basically got really fed up about it. Some other people hired private investigators like um, Samuel Rizzio's family did their own investigations. Um, 
and they also had lots of outstanding debts to businesses in the area. She's like, oh, we need lumber to build these shacks for our cult members. And then I'd like to order so much wood from this lumber company. And then she just never paid the bills. Classic. It's great. Um, so because of all of this, there starts to be police interest as well as like, like I'm sure a lot of like civil fraud suits going on, like from Dabney's family, which might even be been a criminal fraud sort of a situation. So the criminal investigation starts and uh, Willow Rhodes' parents crack pretty easily. Um, they allow cops into her house and they're, of course, distraught with grief. Like they've been sleeping on top of their teenage daughter's body for probably a couple of years, several years at this point, mm-hmm. probably close to five years. It's very depressing. And they allow her to be exhumed and uh, properly buried, I believe. Uh, but they were just, of course, grief-stricken parents uh, clinging to the hope that the person who said they could resurrect their daughter could resurrect their daughter. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. And after uh, Willa's body is found is when everything hits the fan. May lawyers up real fast, so fast. Uh, the lawyer hires a private investigator because he doesn't believe a word out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Her own lawyer, it's great. May and Ruth do turn themselves in and stay in county while the investigation is uh, going on. But while May is in county, she is releasing none of the money. And everybody on this undeveloped Simi Valley compound is starting to get real hungry. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But May manages to scrape up 10 grand to get bailed out. Mm. So there's that. She has a trial in late January of 1930, or in January of 1930, and it goes to late February. She's charged with eight counts of grand grand theft sentenced to several years in San Quentin and owed and told to pay Richard Dabney back 30 grand or Clifford Dabney. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, play, pay the rich oil man back 30 grand. But she files an appeal and wins and has to do none of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In 1936, she publishes the origin of God, which is basically her theological musings and it's much more like new agey, the secret sort of a vibe, I feel, uh, if I remember right. And it is absolutely not her not sixth, the book, not the magic book that starts the apocalypse and reveals where all the mineral riches in the earth are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. And she uh, dies in 1951. And Brent, not in jail. Not in jail. On her compound still? that that disbanded and she kind of had to start i think she had to start from scratch again she had told people before her death to go up to lake tahoe which is honestly why i got interested in the story um but i there wasn't much in the book about lake tahoe which is a little disappointing for me for a personal notice this book is a wonderful um full telling of the story but it just wasn't the part i I was very interested that as somebody who lives in lake tahoe um at this point, Ruth is in Sac- is kind of bopping back and forth between Sacramento and Tahoe, uh, and they're doing a bunch of shady real estate stuff, and which I would love to personally know more about whether, like, w- where these properties are, and because Tahoe's got a really interesting history of, like, gold rush, pretty much from gold rush era. Mm-hmm. It's also too weird, haunted, and old-time mystery stuff, and I just am interested to see how the Blackburn cult 
and there's she they're doing all these like really weird quick shorts like quick sale between different coal members all through tahoe mm-hmm. a real shell game of property ownership um and actually ruth um while ruth you know liked to find a man who was willing to give her money uh she did not have the sort of desire to control a wider group of person and she just kind of continued to do the spiritual new age sort of thing publishing some books and stuff and she 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 died an old lady and is buried inside the sacramento area oh. and that that is the story of west coast cult the blackburn cult or the cult of the great 11 a roaring 20s lady count for the surprise lady cult the surprisingly high body count yeah they they got up to it they really did some horrible stuff mm-hmm. they did every horrible they they really like ticked up they checked off all the cult boxes yeah, yeah, dietary restrictions and starving your members, uh, giving people new names. There was a uh, there's also a little bit of deciding who's going to be in romantic relationships with who, allegations of child abuse of all varieties, animal cruelty, mm-hmm. people cruelty. Yeah, yeah, real real classic cult stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, fun. Thanks for telling us that story. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Good old tiny cult. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll promote if we got before we're on our way. I'm going to do that shop update with the post-its and a couple of the new acrylic things soonish. Mm-hmm. Eh? We're packing Kickstarter orders, so I'm not 100% sure when it will happen. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to have it happen before the Black Friday, Cyber Monday situation. But I don't know if I'm going to do that or not, so... We'll see. Mm -hmm. Nice. I don't really have anything going on because my shop's closed because I'm here. Yay. Awesome sauce. And uh, if you're looking for us anywhere around the internet, you can head on over to fibercoven.com. It'll have show notes for everything we talk about here. It will have links to my yarn and Emily's merch and patterns, as well as links to our Patreon, where you can do cool stuff like watch us say this with your eyeballs instead of just your ear holes as well as have access to our office hours, which is a whole nother podcast we do. And that's us, fibercoven.com. So until next week, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.